just awesome to be able to be in his presence wherever we find ourselves. And I hope that tonight in your home or today, uh, whether you're premiering with us or, or if you're watching this in one of our, our small groups uh, later on this week, uh, just that his presence would be uh, like like uh, Gary read about from David, that that's, that's what I long for, so that I might be in the presence of the Lord and worshiping in his, in his temple. And that is, you know, for those, we just reminded, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. These bodies, the presence of God lives in us. Uh, what a uh, mind-blowing and mind-boggling thought, but grateful for it. Uh, I've been very grateful you know, for, for the fact that Holy Spirit does live in us and that it leads and directs our steps this week. Man, what a lot of crazy and chaotic stuff this week to try and navigate. And uh, just grateful, grateful for him. Um, for those who don't know me, just want to uh, welcome you tonight or today or whatever it is for you. My name is Mark and uh, happy to just be able to share his word with you. We are actually in a series right now. A couple of weeks ago, we, we, we were talking about living in uh, lockdown living. And uh, we, we reminded you of three things you need to monitor when you're living in a time of lockdown. Uh, anybody remember what those three are? You got to monitor what? Your relationships. Yeah, I can hear you right through the TV. You know, uh, you got to monitor your relationships. Check in on those people. Check in on the other families. If maybe you've like, man, I really need and crave uh, that, that um, physical like the interaction with others. Come to, to one of our group services, and uh, we'd love to we'd love to have you be a part of that with us. Uh, and maybe, you know, the second thing, too, is that we just encouraging you to monitor what's coming into your life. You know, there's all kinds of things coming in through media, through the news, through uh, other people, uh, through the alerts on your phones and everything. You need to monitor what's coming in. Recognize and, and filter out what things are not true and focus on what's true. And then finally, monitor what's coming out of your life. And we said the easiest way to do that is listen to what you speak and listen, read what you type. Because out of your heart is uh, the mouth speaks. And to say, to monitor that, are we speaking, the, are we speaking truth? Are we speaking that truth in love? Because there's, there's multiple ways to speak truth. And so I, I just want, I'm, I'm going to continue to remind you of those things over the, over the period of this, of this lockdown because they are so, so important. Last week, we began a series called Here I Stand. Here I stand. We had a number of people asking me over the last number of weeks, hey, where does the church stand on, you know, lockdowns? Where does the church stand on COVID? Where does the church stand on these things and, and on freedoms and, and uh, you know, the, the charter and the rights and, you know, Canadian and Christian and what's the mix in between? And, and so I, I figured, you know, I'd like to just share that. It's become, become a series. Is, is it's not an easy one to just share all in one thing. And I just want to say I really appreciate those who've asked those who've picked up the phone or those who've emailed me and just simply asked it outright. Because I know there's a number of people who just assume they know what we stand for or what we think. And, and uh, you know what they say when you assume, you, you probably have gotten it wrong. So thank you to those of the emails. Thanks for those. You, you, it was even tough for you to send the email. Thank you. Uh, we're better for it and, and, and appreciate that. So, you know, last week we began by just simply looking at why others may be angry. You know, why, why is there such an outburst of anger? Uh, and we, we're looking at it uh, last week. Why, what's the outburst of anger against myself and against, and against us sometimes? And, and as I said we, last week, we said, you know, it's healthy for us to, uh, to attempt to see what it's like in their shoes. Rather than just say, well, I'm going to respond anger to anger. Well, there's something that they're very passionate about. What is it and why? And man, doesn't it help to just be able to take a step into their, into their shoes uh, and, and see it from a different perspective? You know, as I was thinking about that, I, I realized that, you know, <laughs> it's easy for me to say, oh, there's people who are angry at me. But the truth is, and it's probably true for all of us, when you look in the mirror, 
Don't you, you know, do any of you uh, get, get angry or feel angry at times as well? I, I know the answer to that is, is yes. That's, the, the answer is yes for all of us. But I guess my question tonight is, have you ever been really, really, like, really good and angry? I remember my, I don't know if it was my parents, but it's, it's this vague thing from way back in my, in my younger years where they were like, you know, saying, oh, you know what, I was, I was angry, but now I'm good and angry. And uh, that was never a good thing, right? So um, how, have, you ever, have you ever been really good and angry? Because tonight, that's the title of tonight's talk. Here I stand, good and angry. You know, as I reflected on my life, I realized and I was reminded of times when I got good and angry. You know, it's like with the blood boiling, the physical body's in, the emotion, you're shaking. It is like, it, it is on. I, I, a couple of years ago, I built a, a house. Uh, people said, oh yeah, you can handle it. You can handle it. I don't know why I listened to them, but eventually it, it did get done. But we had these beams that Beth really wanted, these old barn beams that were to be hung up in the top of our ceiling. And they were a nightmare. We put them up and took them down. And the first one, the first one went up and down four times. And, and I was like, oh. Oh, these things are so frustrating. By the time I got to the fourth one, I was like, this has taken way too long. So there I am on the last beam, and I'm on the last cut uh, on the last beam, and I cut it backwards. I had spent hours already prepping this beam, and then I cut the angle. Like, there's no way to fix that. And as soon as I noticed it, I just like my, I blew a gasket. There I am in the unfinished house. I threw my pencil right through the vapor barrier. I stomped around the unfinished living room, and I was like, give your, give your, and then I stop and I look and there's all my nephews. They're all looking at me like, what happened to our uncle? Like, isn't he a pastor? <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know, it's like that, that wide-eyed emoji is what I pictured all their faces. And, but I have those moments. I remember back in the day having moments of road rage. Uh, There's a couple of times I remember when we just had little kids. Uh, Reese was really young. We were driving on a trip. I think we're heading to Florida or something. And uh, we were we were driving, and she was car sick. We weren't even like a, a, an hour away from home yet. And so I'm trying to pull over in this town, and I can't find a spot. And the lady behind me starts honking at me, and I'm like I'm like like listen. I'm like I don't want my kid to puke all over. And I'm having the conversation with her. She's in her car, right? And so I'm like trying to find out, and then she honks again. I'm like, oh, man. So I do one of these in the, in the window, and, and then I pull up a little bit further, and then again try and pull over, and I can't find the spot, and then she honks again. So I'm trying to park with no success. She's trying to tick me off with lots of success, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I, I lost it, right? So I'm like, pull the van right over, and I just wait for her to slowly pull up, and doesn't the light turn red as she's pulling up beside, and so she has to slow down beside me, and I look out my window, and I do this, like this out my window, and Beth looks at me like, what, what did you just do? And I did it to her, and she busts a gut laughing, and that was the end of the road rage, right? But I've had moments like it since then. You know, the uh, Church Out Serving puts on this amazing fireworks show uh, in Simcoe every year. They just don't put on an kind of amazing parking uh, plan for how to get out after it's over. So we're off-road, we're parked in the lawn, we're driving out, and people keep cutting me off. And I'm like, man, like, it's like... I, I got to get out of here. And so I decided to sit. Nobody knows me here. I'm just going to cut someone off. But someone's always watching. It's my kids in the back seat. And they're like, wow, way to go, pastor. And I'm like looking in the mirror view mirror like, just wait till we get home, kids. You know, and they're like, ooh, dad is like, he's angry. He's like, he's more like a punk. And, and then they said, yeah, he's like pastor punk. And I'm like, that's it. Well, they call me Pastor Punk every time there's like a hint of road rage. Even anything happens and they're with me. They're like, oh, it's Pastor Punk. It's Pastor Punk. And 
it's a good reminder for me though. You know, when I'm about to like boil, hey, Pastor Punk, I'm like, wait a second. That is not who I want to be. That is not who I want to be. And you know, it happens in other times too. Like sometimes I just have office rage, you know, where I'm in my office and I'm reading through the headlines. It happened this week. I'm reading through the headlines this week. And when headlines aren't uh, truthful, that irks me right to the core. Like this headline came up this week that they, they posted that there was a hundred more deaths linked to the virus. And of course, when you read that, you think a hundred people died that day and it was actually 54 people. And it was like, oh, I, I hate when they, when they project something that's not, not truthful. And then as I continue to read, you can see on the other side that Rob Ford booted an MP out of the caucus because he didn't, he didn't have the same view as the rest of the crew. And I was like, oh, just feeling it. And then, and then it came back to me. I mean, I wonder what it's like to be in his shoes. What's it like to be the head of that party? What's it like to have to make all these decisions? What's it like to have people upset? And I was like, oh, yes, Lord, I hear your voice. And then, you know, reading articles about medical people traveling and coming back. And I'm like, oh, there's another one. And he's from our county. I can't, I can't even believe it. And I was like, but what was it like to be in his shoes? And I was like, it's probably nice and sandy. And I thought, you know what? But here's a guy who's been putting his life, you know, uh, out there for, for every single case that's coming through the hospital with COVID. And, you know, I thought, man, I wonder, like, if that was me, I'd probably want a break. And it's not against the law to travel. And he shouldn't really have to apologize for that. And I was like, man, I wonder, wonder what it's like to be in, in his shoes. You know, as I read through Facebook, I see the anger. I see the name-calling, the belittling, the violence south of the border. I think there would be violence if those people on Facebook could get in a room with one another. And I'm like, there's there's this anger all over the place. It's not just in me. It's all around. But what should we do when we get good and angry? What do we do when we get good and angry? What should we do? And so this week, you know, Holy Spirit often just drops a thought in my mind and in my heart. And when it happens... It's usually for a reason. This week, as I was just spending time reading the word, all of a sudden, this, this thought came to my mind. It was like, it's like, Mark, be angry, but don't sin. Be angry, but don't sin. I was like, I wonder. I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, yeah, exactly. What does that mean? And I was like, okay, tell me. And he's like, that thought, go look it up. <laughs> so, so I began to go look it up and study and just, you know, realizing I need this to affect my heart and and my hope is today that, that we would allow his word to affect our heart. Just, just one word. Just one word. You know, my, my, it's my hope for us uh, today, whenever you're listening to this, that, 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 that his word would affect our hearts. So, you know, I just want to read those words, where they're found in the New Testament. They're written by a man named Paul, a man who hated Jesus with a passion so much that he, that he would murder anybody who even, who even uh, shared or took the name of Christ or followed Christ. And, and then he became a Jesus follower. Why? Because God has the power to change a life. And I think there's somebody who needs to hear that tonight. You might think that, you know, God can't do much with you anymore. Life has gotten too out of hand or whatever. But there's nothing that our God can't do. There is nothing that our God can't do, and, and, and your life can be changed for the better, even, to, even, even just as a result of hearing today's message. Paul, the author, 
He wrote a number of letters, and this current particular letter he wrote to a group uh, meeting in, in Ephesus, and they were Jesus followers. And here's what it says in Ephesians 4, verse 17. I'm going to read just the context of it so you see where this, where this verse fits in with the rest of it. He says this, With the Lord's authority, I say this. In other words, I'm not writing just because I have these feelings. This is what I believe the Lord wants to say to you in Ephesus and, and whoever may read it. He says, Live no longer as the Gentiles do. Gentiles used to be a picture of non-Jewish people, but he's saying here it's, it's the picture of those who are not Jesus followers. He says, don't, don't live like that anymore. He says, they're, they're hopelessly confused. Verse 18, he says, their, their minds are, are full of darkness. They wander far from the life that God gives because they've actually, they've closed their minds. They've hardened their hearts against him. They've no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure. They eagerly practice every kind of impurity. And then he says in verse 20, but that's not you. He's like, that's not what you learned about Christ. He's like, since you've heard about Jesus and you've learned the truth. You've learned the truth that comes from him. He's like, throw off that old sinful nature and renew your thoughts, renew your attitudes, and and put on your new nature, just like putting on clothes. Put on that new nature which was created to be like God, which is truly righteous and truly holy. Verse 25, so stop telling lies. In other words, he's like, speak truth. He says, let's tell our neighbors the truth. Why? We're part of the same body. It matters that we're truthful with one another. And then in verse 26, here's that verse. And he says, and don't let sin or don't let anger, um, don't let sin or don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't sin by letting anger control you or, you know, be angry, but sin not. He says, don't let the sun go down while you're angry for anger gives a foothold to the devil. He says, if you're a thief, quit stealing. You know, instead use your hands for good hard work and give generously to others in need. And I love seeing that with our Kingsway people. I don't know if you were thieves before, but you sure are generous now, and I'm grateful for it. You know, don't, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words, whether spoken or typed, will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Verse 30, don't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he's identified you as his own. He's guaranteed that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So, Get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of rage. Get rid of anger. Get rid of harsh words. Get rid of slander. He says, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other. You know, he's talking about all these things, bitterness and rage and anger and harsh words and slander. Those are a lot of those are the verbal things. He's saying, instead of that, just be kind. Kind words, kind uh, gestures, kind thoughts. Be tenderhearted, forgive one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And so tonight, there's the context of it. But I'd just like to dig a little deeper into that one verse tonight to kind of twist it a little bit in my own heart and in yours, hopefully, as well. Ephesians 4, 26. In the New King James is where it says it this way. Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. If you look at it on the screen here, you see, be angry. You know what you don't see? You don't see the word don't at the beginning. Paul doesn't start this by saying, hey, don't be angry. Or don't feel angry or don't get angry. And he, like we don't often use tenses and, and, and uh, the, the voices of words, but they do in the Greek all the time. And this, this word was written in, in what's called a present passive tense, meaning that it, when you're in the moment and anger comes on you, it's like you weren't just like, yes, I'm choosing to be angry. It's almost like anger chose you. It's like you were just being you, and all of a sudden you saw something, and anger it rises up. He's like, it, it could also be written when or if you're feeling angry. Like, that's what, that's what he's saying. Hey, be angry, and you're not sin. It's like, when and if you're feeling angry, don't sin. You know, we, um, 
We get angry or feel angry for a lot of different reasons. You know, there's simple things that can make us angry, like being hungry. You ever get hangry? You know, there's uh, it's like it's that t- just before meal times or whatever, and it's like, oh, everything seems to grate on you a little bit more. You know that there's all kinds of uh, solutions for that, and uh, they don't even come from the word. Snickers has a, an answer for that. So does you know the Jack Link's um, sausages, and so does um, Eat Twenty Four. They all have the cure for hangry. You know, there's there's a simple thing there. James, the brother of Jesus. He said to, you know, he, he wrote in chapter 4 of his letter, he's like, you know what causes all the fights and quarrels among you? You know why there's all this anger and, and, and quarreling among you? He basically says, you know, I'm not getting my way. He just writes that and says, this is why you're always angry at each other, because you're not getting your way. It's not going the way you wanted. You, they don't agree with your opinion. That's the problem. He says, that's what's causing all the fights around you. That's what's causing all the anger. I mean, those aren't good reasons to be angry. Is what they're saying. He's like, when Paul's saying, hey, <laughs> when you get angry, he's like, consider the reason. Because he says, in that moment, make a choice and choose not to sin. Choose not to sin. He's, but there are some good reasons for anger. You know, we see with Jesus that there was good reasons <laughs> where he got angry sometimes. You know, we see Jesus at the beginning and at the end of his earthly ministry. He had this, this, these events that happened where he got to the temple and he just wasn't happy what he saw there. Matthew uh, writes it down and tells us in Matthew 21, verse 12, it says, And Jesus went into the temple of God, and he drove out all of those who had bought and sold in the temple, and he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. Did you ever see that? You ever witnessed that happen? You know, when somebody's angry enough to toss a table? I was in a restaurant once where these two guys were talking about a deal that had gone bad. And I was sitting there with a buddy of mine. We're looking at them, and they're getting heated and swearing. The one guy's saying, why did you let that happen? And the waiter had to come over, and the guy's just like, go, and gets up and pushes the table so hard, and it flips over down onto the chair, which was the only thing that kept it up. And was like, okay. He's like, hey, fellas, you, you guys have to go. I mean, this is like, this is Montana's, right? It's not the, we, we don't do that here. But here's Jesus going into the temple and he flips it over because he was upset. It says, he said to them, it's written that my house, the house of the Lord, it says, shall be called the house of prayer, a place of communion with God. He says, but you made it a den of thieves. And then verse 14, he says, then the blind and the lame, they came into the temple. It's a powerful thought there because up until that time, they had just said, well, the temple's for, for the holy people. Blind people, lame people, they must have a ton of sin. They're not allowed in. And Jesus is like, what do you mean? This is who it's for. This is who, this is who God is for. And, and it says, and then he healed them. Verse 15, he says, when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and then they saw the children crying out in the temple saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. He's like, man, even the children are allowed to come in, and they're allowed to run around and make noise, you know, in the church of their day. You know, it's, uh, and, and the rest of them got angry. But what do we see here? We see that Jesus got good and angry, good and angry enough to toss tables because people, men were keeping um, others from prayer and conversation with God. And it's because the, the anger at, at things, you know, the, 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 the things that uh, were, were going against his whole mission, there was something good about the anger. You know, there's, there's good anger and good reasons for anger today as well. You know, we think about injustice. And we think about poverty. We think about abuse and racism and murder and tyranny and dishonesty and lies and suppression of truth. That should stir up some anger in the heart of a Jesus follower. 
You know, it's because of anger, a lot of these things, slavery and, and different things, that, that great solutions and great organizations have been founded as a result of that. You know, and are all those solutions and are all those, you know, organizations, are, are they all good and, good and angry like Jesus? Well, it depends on what they do with that anger. It depends on what they do as a result of that anger. You know, Paul doesn't end the statement with just be angry. Ephesians 4, 26, he's like, yeah, be angry. When anger comes upon you, when you get angry, he says, yeah, be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. That don't sin, do not sin, that's the opposite of something passive happening to you. That's an active imperative where it's a commanding you to choose. When anger comes upon you, you need to decide what action you're going to take or not take. I would say it this way. When anger chooses you, you need to choose what to do. When anger chooses you, you need to choose what to do. You know, and the, 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 Paul's imperative is saying, hey, choose not to sin. Yeah, I know that what they wrote made you angry. Yeah, I know what you saw made you angry. But in that moment of anger, it's time to choose to do something good with that, which is the opposite of sin. Sin is like missing the mark or missing the target, wandering off the path or going off-road uh, from following Christ. And Paul's actually quoting something that was written a couple thousand years before this. It was by a man named David who used to write songs that his countrymen could sing. And David writes in Psalm 4, verse 4, he writes those words, Don't let... Don't, let, or don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. And then it has this word, selah. That word just means pause and meditate and ponder. It's throughout the Psalms and it's meant to say, hey, what you just, what you just read, just stop for a minute and think about that line. Don't let sin or don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. So David's encouragement was to say, hey, you know what you can choose to do? Just don't do anything yet. Just think about it for a moment. What, I feel angry. I, I'm, what am I going to do with this anger? What should I do? And pause before the action. Pause before speaking. Pause before typing. Pause before calling somebody. Pause. Pause. You know, that word meditate is just that thing of pondering, chewing it over, allowing, allowing God's spirit to affect the way you you think about it, so he affects the way that you act as a result of it. And Paul actually encourages the Jesus followers saying, hey, yeah, ponder, but don't ponder too long. He's like, think about it, but don't, don't stew on it. Ephesians 4, 26, he says, be angry and don't sin, but don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't let yourself stew about it or get stuck in anger that the next day you wake up angry and you're angry all day and you go to bed that night, you're still angry. <laughs> It's amazing that as I've talked to people, they're like, you know, we've been angry at you for months, and we finally had a chance to talk about it. And man, it's like, we can finally get that stuff out in the open. But he's saying, don't, don't stew about it. You know what happens when you stew? It's like the Hulk. He's like, anger turns into wrath. He's like, you started over here by being angry. He says, by, by, not, by not doing something with that, it just keeps going until it becomes wrath, which is basically anger on steroids. It's described as you know, indignation and rage and exasperation. And out of that, nothing good comes. Paul wrote this you know, in the middle of his encouragement to them. Remember we saw that big, long chunk? He's saying, man... <laughs> Gentiles and, and unbelievers, they live like that, but that's not you. That's not what you learned about Christ, he said. You know, I picture him today, he'd be like, dude, those aren't the clothes you want to be wearing. You, you know, as my kids and that back, the little Holy Spirit voice coming through them, you don't want to be Pastor Punk, do you? 
It'd be like, you know, your friends saying they, they see you, you know, wearing your plaid track pants and your striped dress shirt with your solid colored hoodie. And they're like, hold on a second, dude, you don't, you do not want to go out of the house wearing that along with your socks and sandals. Like somebody says, listen, we're going to put a, a personal stay at home order on you until, until you get that thing taken care of. And Paul's saying the same thing. Don't, don't wear those kind of clothes. They're unbecoming of us as Jesus followers. Don't go out in public like that. You'll regret it. Ephesians 4.27, he finishes it by saying this. Why? Because anger, that kind of anger that you don't deal with, he says that gives a foothold to the devil. I love that he reminds them, again, like he's done in many of his letters, of who their true enemy is. The diabolos is that word. It's the one who slanders. It's the one who falsely accuses. It's the one who's got lies all over his tongue. He's like, man, do you want to give him any space in your life? Like, really? Do do you want to give the enemy any ground? Like, he's not your master anymore. Why would you give him back what what he doesn't deserve to have? Why would you open the door to let him stick his toe in? Because you know he's not going to stop there. Why why would you do that? Do you really want to allow him that extra space? He's like, man, that's not you anymore. That was the old you. That's not you anymore. So he's saying, yeah, hey, get, get good and angry. But here's the thing. Stay good while you're angry. Yeah, get good and angry, but stay good while you're angry. You know, that we would weigh out the decisions and that we'd weigh out the reason for our anger. Am I angry because I'm hungry, angry, stressed, you know, lonely, tired, whatever it may be? Am I, am I angry out of selfishness of like, it's not going my way. I don't like what they said. That disagrees with my opinion. Is it like an I'm not getting my way kind of anger? You know, it's like when you bring those ones to the Lord, he's, he's always going to tell you, hey, just drop those. Just, just lay those down. If you've got to respond in truth, you're going to have to do it in love. And right now, that ain't happening. You've got to drop those things. Or is it a godly anger at injustice? Is there something stirring that he's stirring in you, that there's an absence of truth? And you're like, man, I know the truth. He is the truth. And I can't just stand by and watch. And that stirs? That's a healthy anger. But the same thing goes. You can't just use that anger to, to blurt out on everybody else. He's like, listen, be good and angry. Be good and angry, but let great good come out of that great anger. Let great good come out of that great anger. Don't cross the line into rage. Don't cross the line into wrath. Don't cross the line into the unkindness. It's just not worth it. Don't allow the devil to have a place, not in your mind, not in your tongue, and not in your screen. Choose to be good and angry. Choose to be good and angry. In closing tonight, I want to just ask this. You know, when I see that Jesus was angry with people, he proves that, you know, the, that the emotion itself isn't wrong. What we do with it is what matters. But he was angry about one other thing, and I want to close with this thought, is that he was, Jesus got angry when people hindered others from, from having relationship with Christ. That was, the, that was the thing that at the temple, just he's flipping tables, in our reading today through the, through the New Testament, you'll see that uh, we, we read about how Jesus met a man with a withered hand. And, and all the people wanted to watch and see, is Jesus going to heal this guy on the Sabbath? Because the Sabbath was, it was against the law to do any work on the Sabbath. Well, Mark, who was a friend of Peter, he wrote about this account as well. Actually, they all wrote about it. It was a, it was a pretty big deal. It says this in Mark chapter 3, verse 1. Jesus went into the synagogue again, and he noticed a man with a deformed hand. Can you just picture that? 
Just picture Jesus walking into this, this, this old synagogue, and here's people sitting around on the benches, and the Pharisees are there, the religious experts are there, the crowd is there, and, and they know Jesus is this miracle worker, and then they see, you know, they see their friend. He's there every week. He sits there with his arm all twisted up. And, and the Pharisees see it, and they wonder. It says this, verse 2, Since it was the Sabbath, Jesus' enemies watched him closely. If he healed that man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. That's not working, but they're going to accuse him of that anyways. Verse 3, Jesus said to the man with the deformed hand, he's like, hey, you know what, come on, would you come and stand up in front of everyone for a minute? Then he turned to the critics and he said, hey, fellas, uh, does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath? Uh, or is it a day for doing evil? Of course, they're experts in the law. Of course, they're going to say, of course, the, the Sabbath and every day is a good day for doing good deeds. What do you mean? He's like, well, is this a day to save a life or to destroy it? Well, it's never okay to destroy a life. Well, of course it's a day to save a life. But they didn't answer him with their mouth. They just pondered it in here. They didn't want to give that answer. And here's what Jesus, it says in verse 5. He looked around at them angrily, at their silent faces angrily, and he was deeply saddened. Why? By their hard hearts. By their hard hearts. And then he said to the man, he's like, you know what? Their hard hearts aren't going to stop you from this miracle. Hold out your hand. As he reached out his hand, he was healed. And tonight, I wonder, when we encounter Jesus, Jesus, he was angry at unbelief. You know, that people would choose to remain blind when they were in the presence of of the one who could give sight. That they would choose to keep pursuing darkness when they were in the presence of the light of the world. That they would love their laws and their rules more than the people who those laws came to set free. That they would love their temple more than the people who that temple was built for. And Paul writes in in Romans 1 that the anger of God, it's, it's against those who suppress the truth. It's against those who suppress the truth. Uh, and it says, he says that people would choose truth. Truth matters to him. It's the, it's the biggest deal to him, not just because, because things are true. He is truth. He is truth and it matters. Paul writes to the Corinthians later and says, you know, the enemy still blinds people today. And it's true today. That the enemy still blinds people today. But I love this. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Jesus who opened blind eyes back then can open blind eyes tonight. Whether that's mine or whether that's yours. But my question is, is is that you today? Do you struggle with trying to suppress the truth about who God is? You're just like, I just, oh, (laughs) I don't know. You know, are you controlled by anger in your life? Really? Are you controlled by something else? Like maybe addiction, maybe depression, maybe selfishness, it's your master. You know, maybe you're angry at God. Maybe for you, it's like, you know, you believe, maybe I'd ask you, is it possible that you believe a lie about who he is? And that's why you're, you're so angry. You know, Jesus came as the truth to tell the truth so that we could trust the truth. He came as the truth to tell the truth so that we could trust the truth. And so tonight, I would just encourage you, maybe join us on the New Testament study just to read about who Jesus was. Jesus was God in a body. You want to know what God's really like? Look at Jesus. Did Jesus make anybody sick? Did Jesus hurt people to teach them a lesson? Did Jesus walk around with his, like, you know, fireballs from his eyes to just, like, destroy people? Man, no, not at all. 
I guess I ask you this question. Would an evil tyrant, a cosmic killjoy, a despicable despot, would he, would he give his life for our crimes? You know, would he choose death so that we might have a chance to choose eternal life? Or would love do that? And tonight, love's calling out to you. Love's calling out to us. Because really, the only way that we can <laughs> choose a different response to anger is to allow that love to fill our hearts truly. That his voice on the inside fills us, floods us, speaks to us, leads us, guides us, directs us, loves through us. Tonight, if you want that, it's a simple thing of saying, Jesus, would you just come take my life the way it is? God, I, I, I'm not going to live for me anymore. I'm going to live for you. I don't even know fully what that means, but, but, but I'm in. Would you forgive me for my sin? Would you forgive me for, for not serving you? Would you forgive me for everything that's in my past, Jesus, and help me to walk with you? Would you fill me with your spirit so I can hear your voice, so I can understand your word, and so I can know that I have eternal life with you? He'll do what no word can do, what I can't do, but you'll know. Oh, man, you'll know. Would you join me as we pray tonight? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. God, thank you for bumping into my life again this week with it, for directing me to exactly what you needed for me to, to know and to learn. Holy Spirit, help me to live it out. Would you change in me what needs to be changed? God, as we just humbly put ourselves before your word, would you do in us what, what only you can do? God, just one word, I feel the power of heaven. Just one word, I feel your presence. Lord, may that be true for every person in every home, wherever they may be today. God, may you be glorified as a result of what you do in lives that are surrendered to you. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to be part of your body, to be your light in the world. May we shine in the darkness this week. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, tonight I want to just ask, you know, give you a few questions. We'll be discussing those at our groups this week. You maybe have a chance to chat on the phone with somebody, but I'd really love for you even just to consider these things. Take a few minutes to sit back and think them through. Number one, have you ever, have you ever been really angry? Like you were good and angry and you regretted it later? What did that look like? I'm, I'm hoping that that's got some humor to it for you. Or maybe it's too close, too, too soon. But would you, would you honestly ask yourself that question? And second, have you ever been good and angry about something? in a good way, that you were, you were good and angry, motivated, motivated by injustice, motivated by things that are, that are truly wrong around you, that says, you know what, I've got to do something to stand for this or stand against this. I'm going to take my stand being good and angry. And if you haven't, are you now? Is there things that you stand for now? And then finally, what do you think he wants you to do with that anger? When anger has chosen you, what is he, what is he asking you or to choose to do with that? And uh, I'd encourage you to chat that out with, with some people and, and see what his desire is in your life. And again, just want to say thank you that even though we can't be in the same room, man, we are family, we are brothers and sisters, even if I've never met you before. And I'm grateful, grateful to be a part of your life. And I'm grateful for all the times you guys text and, and, and reach back and join us on our Bible project because we truly are doing this together. Just know that I love you and we'll see you next week.